This is Locked in the Green Room, episode 18, and today I'm chatting to Jay Wadley. Jay Wadley is a musician and composer based in New York. He co-runs the company Found Objects. He recently wrote some music for the documentary The Innocence Files, and the film Driveways has just come out, which he also wrote music for. Uh, We chatted a little bit about how he's been doing in New York. And it looks like we're live, so we're there. Thanks very much for joining me, Jay, um, and thanks for coming to watch or listen to the podcast, whoever you are who's watching or listening. Um, I'm chatting to different musicians uh, around everywhere about what they're up to on lockdown and how they're doing, what they're up to. Yeah, what they're up to. So this is Jay Wadley. He is a composer based in... And I, I said in the first post about you, Jay, I said LA, didn't I? But you're yep. from no. you're, you're based in New York. Yeah, I just made that up. <laughs> and you know, it's a it's a, I feel like it's a fair assumption for a, a composer working in film. So yeah, but uh, <laughs> I mean, now nah, it doesn't matter, does it? Because everything's uh, we can be anywhere. No. Um, so how have you been doing? Good, good. Yeah, I mean, New York is a uh, a bit of a strange place right now. That's for sure. But uh, the first like five weeks. Um out of the city and stay with a couple friends from london uh who have a place uh upstate new york like in rhinebeck um so that was really nice to kind of get out of the city during the worst of it and uh like moved pretty much all of my equipment up there and kind of created a a small remote studio that i was working out of for for the first five weeks but um but yeah it's just kind of like good to not be in the city during that time considering how how quick things were you know rapidly things were changing here in particular because you know obviously people have seen what's going on in new york and it's pretty it's a weird time so So. you know maybe like i i actually don't know what you mean by what's going on in new york i I mean maybe you mean just what's going on everywhere but well yeah yeah but new york has been like true true uh i mean new york has been kind of the hot spot of of uh of the u.s so um we've been hit particularly hard uh, okay. i don't remember exactly what the uh what the death count is but it's it's really it's, bad it's real bad yeah yeah. Um, yeah and uh and you know it's getting better and like you know obviously everyone's kind of going through the same situation like in in lockdown and and trying to figure out how to how to function and you know still yeah. be creative and and all of those things but you know new york has been it's just a bit of a, it's an odd vibe, but it, it's, it's, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of, I've only been back in the city for about a week now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm still adjusting to what it is like here. So, <laughs> yes. Okay. Oh, well, so, so you're managing to, you've managed to see a, like the, the differences between, uh, between, between outside of New York and inside of New York. So I, you know, when I, yeah. when I said, I didn't know what you meant, it's because like, we, we're just, we just have the different, we have different news, obviously. Yeah. Oh yeah. But I imagine like, I imagine that New York will be a little bit like London, probably, you know, times by 10 in that it's, yeah. it's, it's probably quite stressful to be in. Yeah. Does it feel, does it feel more stressful to be, to be here now? Yeah, I would say so. Cause like the, you know, where I was, was about two hours north of the city. And I think there, there were only, you know, maybe 
in that county, there were maybe only a thousand cases where like, I don't even remember how many cases there are now in New York city. It's kind of hard to, uh, keep track of. It's yeah. like, it's in like, a, oh, man, yeah, confirmed 319,000 man. So, and almost 20,000 deaths. Yeah. So, um, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's a, it's a thing. So, That's you know, when story. we were, when we, when we were upstate, you know, it was like in the woods. And so, and we were staying with a couple friends who have a young kid and, and, um, and, you know, we're just in the woods. So, you know, the only time that we'd see people is when we go to the grocery stores. So there's pretty much like very little exposure and there's a lot more space and it's quiet. And, you know, you see the things on, uh, on the news, but it, it doesn't really hit home. So, mm. uh, coming back to the city and kind of seeing, you know, on Saturday night, uh, in the middle of Brooklyn in a busy area at midnight, you know, there's not a single person on the street, you know? So that, that is sort of a, it's a very surreal thing. And, and this time of, of, of year in New York city, um, you know, is kind of very special time of year because we've all been kind of, you know, cooped up as it is because of, you know, the awful, awful winter or whatever. And then so everyone wants to get out. And I think it's it's that sort of hard. uh, It's a hard thing to be in New York in general. But when you don't get to enjoy part of the things that make New York so special, it makes it that much more difficult, I think, Mm. you know. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's an interesting thing to to a way of putting it because it's a bit like you know a bit like london people a lot of people say to you like man why why do you live in london it's you know people who live on on the outskirts of people who live mm-hmm. in different parts of the uk and they're like why do you live in london man it's, it's you know and you go i know it's it's expensive it's you know it's polluted and whatever but you know you get there's a lot to do and there's a mate you know basically there's a lot to do and and you've yeah. got all you know but now it's like, oh God, now I, now I wish I lived in Leeds or where I used to live, you know. Yeah. That would be a lot better because now we're, <laughs> we're not getting anything of London. We're just getting our house. But yep. uh, yeah. Um, so you, you, have you been, um, have you been, have you been feeling okay? Have you been able to, yeah. to get, get music out and get, yeah. get making music whilst you've been on lockdown? Yeah. Um, you know, I kind of didn't, didn't really stop because like, in addition to my film and TV, you know, work, I, I, um, I own a music production company called found objects that works in like advertising and, and branded stuff and trailers and, and, yeah. uh, promo things. So, you know, there's always work to be done in that. And, um, uh, you know, when I, I had kind of just finished uh, a couple projects up before these things were starting to happen. So I kind of, wrapped up a few projects, went to some film festivals and then all and moved into our new studio and uh, and then was like getting ready to start back up again. And and then all of this sort of happened. So it's, you know, as far as film and TV stuff, it seems like most projects are on hold for the foreseeable future. Now, there's a couple that were there's a couple that were, um, you know, up for. And uh, my business partner is currently working on um, uh, M. Night Shyamalan's uh, show Servant. It's on Apple TV. So he's working on season two of that, and from his his home, I feel for him. <laughs> um, his bedroom, like up on uh, in in Hell's Kitchen, um, right. uh, you know. So he's 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 a trooper. So he's doing that, and uh, and I'm up for a couple films right now. So still doing the sort of audition process where you're you know sending tons of reels and things like that. But 
have a feeling the the film and TV stuff for the rest of the year is going to be somewhat slow. But, you know, I, we have been busy with the advertising thing, but I am kind of in the process of kind of figuring out, OK, well, what would I want to do like with my own time and, you know, maybe dig into writing some pieces for myself uh, for a bit because I haven't really done that. Just, you know, writing for myself and not for a particular project in in quite some time now, you know, mm. so I've been been kind of doing back to back uh, film and TV shows for the past five years or so. So, yeah. which is great. Uh, but it is definitely a very different creative muscle to exercise, to actually like dig into what it is that, you know, you want to do for yourself. So, mm. uh, yeah, that's interesting. But, you know, the, you're the first person I've spoken to on here that is a, you know, that, that specializes in composition and, you know, and, and actually you specialize in composition a lot of the time now in film and TV. But it is interesting to hear that because it's you're you're it's the same you have you've got the same thought process as as musicians. A lot of musicians, they're now you know we're stuck in and we're like, you know what? I, so I can't do any of those gigs that I don't, that that I that I do regularly. I can't do them. They don't exist. So I want to work on something, but I just want to work on something that's just for me. And it feels like this is a bit of a a me time thing, right? For everybody yeah. in the in the sort of creative the creative arts and yeah. um yeah so and yeah you you have you started working on that stuff or is that i mean i ha i have some i definitely have some ideas and i've kind of like played around with some some stuff i think what's difficult for me uh, about it now is kind of i think that there's a lot of pressure that um, as a composer, you, whatever you write has to be, or at least from the background that I come from, I, you know, my I studied classical music composition and I was in in the sort of like serious classical new music world uh, for a long time, thinking that I was going to be, you know, uh, writing for orchestras and, and doing the grants things and commissions and all of that stuff, which, you know, which I, I have uh, fondness for and a love for. But, you know, there was a lot of pressure in that world of like having to be completely like innovative or, you know, have something, you know, mm. like, I don't know. There's a lot of pressure when it comes to like trying to put out something new like that. And I kind of don't care for it. Like, I'd rather just like write whatever the hell I wanted to and not feel that pressure. So, um and and for some reason, film and TV has like like somehow re removes that pressure for me oh. um, of uh, because I'm working with a project that sort of already has a bit of a um, uh, a guide for what like how I would approach a project. It's not like when there's every single option in the world, like where do you start and uh, and you have to have something to say. Versus just like, you know, writing, writing something that you identify with and, and care for and uh, want to listen to. So, um, you know, I, mm. I've, I've played around with a few things and and I don't know, I have I have dreams that I would just like sit down in this time and, you know, write a 30 minute orchestra piece or something like that. Yeah, uh, I, I don't think that my classical music aspirations have ever been like all that practical. <laughs> You know, versus like just, you know, oh, maybe writing like a solo piano work that's like three minutes that I could easily have performed. It's like, nah, I think I want to do like something <laughs> really, really grand and expensive. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so that, you know, that's I think that's kind of where, you know, you run into those issues with like, 
I don't know, but I I would love to do that. I would love to write like a an orchestra piece and kind of just explore some stuff. And you know, I've come along come a long way as a composer since writing my last concert works. So I feel like I would be able to make something that I would be excited about, which is what's important. You know, mm. it's interesting what you say about. Um... You know, as soon as you say, "Okay, this is my creative project," the the stress gets gets higher, and it's a little, you know, that that chimes with a lot of things that I've been realizing when it comes to uh, just all music or all practicing any sort of art. It's you know, reductive things can really help you focus on a project. You know, so saying to you, saying, "Right, this has to be," it's for this film, so it has to fit with this film it instantly means that you can be a lot more creative and that works, you know, it works with the thing that I do as well when I'm working on improvising. If I say, you know, if you tell, if you, if you tell a beginner improviser, you say, Hey, do it, just play. It's going to be great. They're just, they're going to think, I don't know what to do. If you say, look, you've got two notes now do it. Then they're going to be able to be more creative. And it's, it's, it's very interesting that that, um, those two things, they, they correlate a little bit. How, um, how, what, how did you get into doing this stuff, Jay? Uh, well, I started uh, composing, you know, pretty early on in high school, like when I was like 16, 17. Uh, I, I'd been playing in bands and stuff, and I was in, uh, I was playing drums in like punk rock bands, and I played clarinet in middle school band, and uh, I got into choir and uh, drama and stuff in high school, and I kind of was always involved in, in the arts and in music in particular. And, you know, I started writing for my punk rock band and then I wrote my first choral piece um, for my choir in high school, like when I was 17. So that's kind of that was definitely a formative moment when I realized that I was one for some reason uh, really interested in experimental choir music. Um, (laughs) And, uh, you know, coming from the middle of America in Oklahoma. Uh there was like pretty much no one else who was interested in uh, composing and composing, let alone like, uh, you know, more experimental choir music. So uh, that's kind of how I got started um, writing music. And then I went to undergrad in Oklahoma, studied classical music composition and uh, vocal performance um, at Oklahoma City University for four years. And then um, I went to grad school at Yale and studied classical music composition there. So I spent three years there. I got a master's and artist diploma um, studying classical composition there. And that's where I met my partner, Trevor. Um, and we started our company together way back then. So, um, you know, I've always, uh, I don't know exactly what, like the first stuff. I think that one of the first things that kind of got me into um, composing was like I had the opportunity to, I mean, I I was starting to write the choral stuff and then, uh, I'd seen the movie, the red violin, um, with a score by John Corleano. And, uh, and I started really getting into John Corleano's, um, compositions. Uh, I really liked his style at the time. And, and, um, my professor at Oklahoma, it turns out the professor at Oklahoma city university had studied with him. Um, and so that's where I ended up going. And we, uh, you know, I he exposed me to a lot of other things. So that's when I started getting into like the Bang on a Can ensemble um, that was doing a lot of uh, cool new music stuff and Steve Reich and Philip Glass and sort of, you know, sort of the uh, classic modern 
living composers of of that are kind of influence have been influencing composers of the past you know 20 30 years and um and so that's kind of how i kind of got into that sort of experimental classical or modern composition world and and it really i don't know there was something about it that that uh was very different than anyone else uh, any anything that anyone else i knew was listening to like no one that I knew was listening to the music that I was listening to almost up until I got to grad school, because like there just weren't other people around me that were um, as invested in new music as I was. So once I got to grad school and I met people like Trevor, I was like, you know, finally found, <laughs> I guess, my group of people. So how did you so you you weren't you weren't surrounded by people who were listening to the stuff that you were listening to. But how did you find that music? How did you how did you find your music when you were first finding what um, you want to delve into well i mean it was hard because it was uh you know 2001 or like 2000 2001 you know there was no way to access it on the internet <laughs> and uh uh you know it was through there was this um cd store called cd warehouse that was like bought up used cds and um sold new cds and stuff as well and they had like classical section and barnes and noble surprisingly enough had mm had some stuff like i think one of the first like dvds i bought uh was um steve reich uh three sta uh three tales um which is like a video opera experimental video opera that he did with his wife and uh uh it was awesome it, it was like super cool but for some reason barnes and noble carried that and then i found a lot of bang on a can uh recordings at cd warehouse in the uh in the used bin and, uh, you know, obviously like Yo-Yo Ma and all that stuff. And I just would go to the I would just actually hop around to all the different CD warehouse stores in town and go to their classical section like weekly and just like go through it and then find new stuff and and pick it up. And then, uh, uh, yeah, just like try to expose myself to as much of it as possible. And then I would bring that in. And obviously, my composition professor um, you know, he would he would give me assignments of people to listen to, uh, but it was definitely a lot more difficult to go out and, and find something, you know, new if you if I just had like the inclination to like, oh, I heard about this new composer. I couldn't just go online or do any of the awesome like score following that you can do on YouTube. Now people post scores with the with the audio and like it's it's kind of it's just a completely different world after only 20 years as far as what you can actually find and the resources that you can have to expose yourself to new music. It's kind of mind blowing, honestly. So, yeah, it's funny. There's a, there's, there's a bit of a sort of nostalgia about that, that way of finding music. I, I hear it from musician, you know, jazz musicians regularly that, you know, they, they, they think back to when they were learning and they had to like, you know, put the needle on the, on the record and keep skipping it back to keep listening to learn it on their sax or whatever. And there's yeah, yeah. a bit of a nostalgia for that. And, and even not, not just nostalgia, but there's actually a, there's the, um, there's the whole thing of people feeling like, you know, the more you have to work to get that music, the sort of more, <laughs> it, you, the more it, it, it becomes a it, part of you yeah. in a way. Yeah. 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 Um, do you, yeah. do you, do you feel that? Does that, is that something that you, is that you, that you feel? Yeah, I think so because it's like it, you know, it's almost it's almost too too easy too now easy. to find uh, to to find new stuff and 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 because of that, you kind of once you find it, I feel like you don't feel as invested in in really diving into it, right? Like yeah. it was 
it was so easy to get, you can kind of skim it and be like, ah, oh, that's cool. And then, <laughs> and then you just kind of move on because there's infinite things that you can kind of skim at a, at a sort of surface level without having to dive in too much. But, you know, I will say like over the past, you know, the past year I've been trying to get a lot more back into score study, um, and, and focusing on, on revisiting partially because of a project that I was working on, but revisiting, um, you know, paper physical scores of orchestra pieces that I love and sort of studying the orchestration and studying the compositional techniques that they're using and, you know, sitting down at the piano and playing, uh, you know, the parts out on the woodwinds and seeing how they're voicing, you know, Stravinsky's Rite of Spring and, and Firebird, I was in particular revisiting and just kind of looking at how he dealt with um, voicings and the way he, you know, used woodwinds and like different flourishes and things like that for for a, a film project that I was working on because I had to write something that was uh, somewhat in the style of and um, you know that that was actually really like soul nourishing to me to kind of go back to that and sit down and just spend the time quietly r just playing down orchestra pieces. And just like spending time with the score um, is something I hadn't done in a long time. And, and I, I want to reincorporate as like a more, um, you know, regular part of my practice and and sort of, you know, famili like familiarizing myself with music, like constantly, you know. Hey, so when so when you, uh, you know, this is me just asking, I, I, I don't know what yeah. your process is, but um when you when you when you're doing something like that, you're when you're studying a score, do you do you find that you can go straight into composing straight afterwards, or you know does does it help you do that, or does it um, does it hinder you straight up? Um, no, I would say I would say it definitely helps. Uh, you know, when you know it's it's usually I'm I'm doing it to look for. Um, something like when I'm doing score study and with this project in particular, it was cause I had written a couple passages, uh, in this piece that I was, I was in the process of figuring out how to flesh out and orchestrate mm. more. And I was like, Oh, you know what? That reminds me of this section of, of, you know, write a spring or this yeah. section of firebird. And so I would just go to that section and listen to it over and over and then kind of pay attention to what's happening in the winds. And, you know, so it was more, a, I guess it was more of a technical, um, it's more technical research, but I think, you know, I do get inspired all the time by, um, you know, listening to other people, yeah. uh, other people's music. So I, I, and when I'm approaching a new project, um, like a new film score or something like that, I'm constantly creating like, you know, Spotify playlists of, a million different, you know, pieces of music that for some reason I can identify with, uh, and, and kind of connect with this narrative through those pieces. So I kind of create them as an inspirational playlist for myself to kind of like listen through that and think about, um, you know, production style, instrumentation, um, you know, sort of, uh, harmonic choices and pacing and things like that. And, and kind of pick, a bunch of different pieces that inspire me in one way or another that have some core element that I would then extract into, you know, working into my own piece. So it's not like I'm taking material from it. It's just like, oh, OK, well, the pacing of this piece really works nicely and makes me feel uh, uh, think, you know, think about this section of the film. So maybe approaching something with, you know, a, a pacing that is similar. Um, uh, 
uh, or the instrumentation, uh, you know, works well with picture or um, or the way that instruments are produced, either if they're like, you know, close mic or if it has a little bit more space in the room or, you know, just kind of thinking about all of those decisions as I'm starting into a project and whether and how that's going to fit into sort of the visual and uh, audio language of of a film score, if that mm. makes sense. Yeah, so. ah, it's really interesting. Hey, what's your like process when you're first when you're first writing something? When you're going right, I'm gonna I need to do this scene here. What's your process? Usually, I start. You know, usually I'll start at the piano. Um, I mostly compose at the piano, but I, you know, with all the tools that we have now, uh, as like film composers, like all the software and samples and stuff, you know, you can pretty much start with an orchestra if you want. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, but the, the ultimately, you know, you kind of, it, it depends on the score, but usually I start at the piano. If it's something that is melodic and harmonically driven, um, I'll, I'll start at the piano. Um, and you know, every, every film is different. So, you know, with, with this film that I was, I was talking about that I was doing the, um, uh, more Stravinsky and kind of thing for, uh, that one is, I kind of, I did start at the piano cause I had to write this like seven minute long piece and it's, it's this sort of, um, more classical approach to things, but I've started scores where it's like, you know, me and a synthesizer and I'm just like making crazy weird sounds and, and trying to figure out textures and things that are much more ambient. So, um, I, I, every, every score kind of like requires its own sort of thing. But I, I feel like there's, there's always like a singular way into a film in a way, like where you land on something, a certain, whether it's a certain production style, a certain sound, a certain, um, instrument, uh, that kind of starts to inform your perspective on where the, where that music is going to go. Um, and sometimes you find that like really quickly and sometimes it takes a little bit of digging and experimentation until you kind of land on that, on that particular sound. If mm. that makes sense. Yeah. Ah. Uh, hey, what's, uh, what's the, we were talking a little bit about the most recent thing that you've done. Yeah. Um, well, I just had a film that's coming out today. Um, so, uh, it's called driveways. Um, and uh, directed by uh, this director, Andrew Ahn, who had directed Spa Night prior to this. Um, and uh, yeah, it's a really, really beautiful sort of quiet drama film um, starring Brian Dennehy and Hong Chow. Uh, it's actually one of Brian Dennehy's like last movies. Um, and he's excellent in it. And a young actor named Lucas Che. Um, but it's like a very quiet, beautiful drama, um, you know, very character driven story. Uh and, uh, you know, since all theaters are, are, you know, closed, it's, uh, it's online now. And like, there's a couple like local, like a couple theaters that are doing sort of the online streaming, uh, alternative thing. So you can do those. And like, there's some Q and A's with some of those screenings. Um, but yeah, and the, and the score will be also coming out like this week. Um, uh, I don't know if I can say the label yet, but, um, it'll be out this weekend and uh my my business partner trevor actually played piano um on the score because uh, he's a excellent pianist i'm i'm sort of a mediocre pianist at best but I, that's my instrument when i sit down to write but uh so trevor played on the score and uh yeah he did a really great job so um 
so that's the one that's the most recent that's coming out. But the one I I, I finished most recently is that I was doing the kind of crazy uh, orchestration stuff for is uh, Charlie Kaufman's new movie um, called I'm Thinking of Ending Things, um, which is a sort of crazy, you know, surreal, dark thriller drama, uh, drama thriller ish <laughs> it, it is very much a charlie kaufman movie it is it is a weird movie it's great though i love it so. it must have been fun to to write for them yeah yeah hmm. hey so it must be a bit weird so now that there you know there's a you would usually be going to a film screening for this film that's just out mm. and and that's not that's not there does that does that feel a bit weird you're used to that yeah i mean you know it I think the thing that's hard about it is, you know, with driveways, for instance, um, you know, we finished that film in January of 2019, maybe, you know, and then we premiered at Berlin and then it, 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 it's U S premiere was at Tribeca this time last year, you know? And I think the, the hard thing about it is that you, you know, you spend a lot of time working on these projects and you invest a lot in it. And like you, you want to go and celebrate with the yeah. the people that you worked on it with and your teammates and and kind of be there and and kind of um yeah just kind of experience the uh it's like yeah, closure just, isn't it yeah it is it is <laughs> uh so it is a little bit odd to not be able to like go do that it would have been nice to see the director and producers and and uh hang out with everybody again because you kind of you in a film project, I think one of the most wonderful things and one of the more difficult things I think about working in film, for me at least, is is that over the course of the time working on these films together, you are really like becoming a family and you get really close with the director and you get really close with producers and, you know, um, you talk to them a lot and you see them a lot and then you finish the project and then everyone kind of goes on to do their next thing. And so the kind of the family kind of diffuses out into the world and goes on to other things. You may work with them again, but like it kind of, you know, like you yeah. don't necessarily see them as much and That's you don't, funny. as you were like talking to them every day and like, you know, getting into these really sort of intimate, uh, creative discussions and, and, um, and so, you know, having the premiere is kind of a nice way to send that off, you know? Yeah. Um, and so or 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 have a reunion in this case, you know, where last time I, I probably saw the director was at the at the premiere last year um, at Rebecca. So, um, you know, those those things are are, you know, those people are, are are important relationships to me, like, you know, personally now. And um, uh, it, it's it, it's kind of a shame that you can't have that that uh, way to send it off. But um but you know, hopefully, hopefully we'll be able to start doing those again soon. <laughs> do you reckon? Do you reckon you, you're gonna? Do you reckon they'll try and like do a, like a postponed one for everybody, like a, a sort of maybe getting the band back together again, yeah, sort of thing when everything yeah. when everything cools off. Yeah, pro I, I I would hope so, but you <laughs> know, it, the, the, they're expensive to throw for sure. So, yeah. um, the you know the. I, I'm, I am grateful, though, the you know, the the producers on this project are, are people I've worked with a number of times now. And and so, you know, there's there's always going to be opportunities for us to collaborate again and um, and, you know, work together again and kind of dive back into those things and revisit those 
those collaborations. So, you know, it's kind of like the band breaks up after the after the tour. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you never get to do like the last gig. Yeah. So. Um, so yeah. what what have you been spending your time with in general whilst you've been on on lockdown, um, be that music or not? Yeah, I mean, a fair amount of just kind of uh, sorting out life, I think, mm -hmm. uh, uh, especially with here in New York, just trying to um, figure out what the new normal is and, and be safe. And, and, you know, when we went up upstate, it was really nice to be able to spend time with our, our close friends and uh, and just did a lot of cooking and, you know, listened to a lot of music and, uh, you know, hung out with, a, a, a cute 10 month old who had no idea there was a pandemic going on in the world. So that honestly was quite a bit of a, of a relief not to, you know, you walk in and she's smiling. She has no idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that, that was pretty cool. And, um, uh, yeah, I mean, now, you know, with the business too, it's, it's, it's a lot of things just kind of adjusting to the new climate of what business is like and like, you know, whether or not things are going to keep moving, you know, cause we have, we have eight people on our team total, including me and my partner. And so it's like one of those things where you just kind of, you know, like I care a lot about my team and, and, uh, and, you know, so just trying to manage and, and keep, you know, keep people feeling good and, and, uh, and keep morale up and, and make sure that we are planning for, you know, the future and, and making sure that everyone's going to have a job and, and the paycheck and, um, you know, just which, which thankfully we've been very busy and, um, you know, we've been, we operate our business pretty conservatively. So we're, we're, we're lucky in that we're, you know, we're going to be able to make it through and, and, uh, you know, hopefully this doesn't go on for a year and a half like they're kind of talking about it in in the U.S. But, um, you know, it's it's just one of those things that I think you just kind of have to um, count your blessings and, you know, uh, stay stay positive and, and kind of be there for each other. And, and uh, so, yeah, I mean, there's there's a whole lot of things with the business that are around, you know, centering around keeping it going and keeping people feeling good and. Um, so, so that, it sounds like that, you've had actually quite a lot of sort of practical work to get on with then rather than yeah. you haven't been left with a big space in your, in your diary. No, no. Mm. I mean, if, if anything there, it's been a little bit like busier just because, I mean, there've been a lot of projects that we've been working on and, and kind of turning out stuff as far as advertising, because like every brand is doing their sort of, you know, response, uh, message to to what's going on in the world so we've been doing a lot of that uh for sure um and uh you know i always have like business things to do like i i'm i'm kind of the point person with regards to um financial planning and and kind of cash flow management in my company so i do a lot of that stuff uh with our business managers that are external to our company so applying for the grants and the loans that um that uh you know, that became available through like, um, the government assistance, uh, through the pay protection plan and the cares act and things in the U S that are sort of made to help, you know, small businesses stay in business and, and keep people, um, working. Um, so, you know, doing a lot of that stuff and we have at our old studio, we have a, 
um, we're subletting. So, you know, kind of dealing with with contracts on how to sublet that place to to some uh, other musicians. Um, and uh, yeah, so there's always there's always business things for me to do. It's kind of I kind of have like three or four full time jobs yeah. uh, as it is. So my my schedule is usually a uh, a long one where I'm working, you know, usually 10 a.m. to 9 p.m. if I'm lucky. Uh, maybe, maybe later <laughs> and we, and weekends. So it's, it's, it's a lot, but I'm trying to learn to take a little bit more time for myself. And actually, I think honestly, this has been a, a way of like forcing me to, uh, to take a little bit of time off. And, and, uh, so when I was upstate, it was a little bit slower than, than usual. So I, I did get some time to just kind of like hang out outside and barbecue and, mm. and kind of breathe a little bit, mm. but yeah, it's uh, you know e- even if you do have a lot on now, it probably is work because like it is really stressful, isn't it? <laughs> the yeah, whole thing, really you know, you forget this. We're all just on like sort of panic mode, and we're like, no, I'm fine. But actually, you know, it's probably worth taking time to to chill. So look, that's good. Looks like you've done that. Um, yeah, but um, yeah. you know, it seems like you you're quite lucky in that. Um, well, I wouldn't call it just luck, of course, but you know, there's the you are not someone who's been left with a big just nothing to do. You ca- at least you have stuff to keep you going, keep keep you busy. There's a you know, there's a lot of people, and actually, I wouldn't include myself in this. I've lost all my work, but uh, I haven't lost things to do. I, I just get up and practice and enjoy that, and you know, I write music as well. And I'd yeah. say that I'm you know, in the look in the in lucky camp, I think that musicians and artists were pretty lucky. We're we're sort of ready for this stuff. I mean yeah. I know that you're talking about a lot more practical things than me. I don't have a, any companies to run. But I, well, I do I mean, it's the same though, right? Like it's the same in in the long run. It's just like learning how to manage yourself and like mm-hmm. learn how to like, you know, uh keep keep going and keep being productive and and uh you know, I, I think that there's it's it's just it's the same sort of mentality, I think, but, um, yeah, 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 yeah. It's, but I do, I do, I actually feel for people who, who don't have a thing to, to be, to be working on. Cause I think it must be quite stressful just being given this time. It's like, we're talking about these open goalposts where it's like, Oh yeah. God, I don't know. I could do anything. What am I going to do? But, yeah. uh, at least, you know, yeah. musicians and artists have, have something to, to work on. Yeah. I mean, I, for me, I think honestly, it's, it's kind of been a bit of a, of, you know, while I've had like, you know, maybe more busy work to do, um, it it has been somewhat of an eye opener for me as far as like just personal priorities in my Mm. creative, uh, creative endeavors, because, you know, like, um, like I, I love, I love my company and I love working, uh, and, and doing like what, what we're doing it's like it's it's a blessing to have like such a cool team to work with and and a partner who's also like a very creative person um you know i work so, personally i work a, a a ton on on like uh i just work crazy hours and it's just like trying to find some better sense of balance and sort of this whole thing has kind of started to shift or like force me to have a little bit more perspective on like why i'm doing things yeah. and like you know, what it is that I really want out of all of, all of it, you know? Uh, so 
you know, I think that's been that's been kind of because I, I'm a person who will like when I have stuff, I'll just keep my head down and I'll just like charge through. Mm. Uh, but it's not necessarily all, always the best for my own like mental health. And like mm. my team keeps telling me I got to take breaks and I don't take breaks. Mm. And, uh, you know, and so I'm very grateful to have, a, a, you know, if I were left to my own devices, you know, then then I may not t- I may take care of myself even less than I do currently. Yeah. So, so it's good to have people reminding me and like a support team around me that that is kind of like, hey, you know, you should probably just like take a breather and focus on like a little bit of of your own stuff. So mm. that's that's been good. Mm. Um, well, but that's good. I mean, it sounds like, yeah, it lo- it's doing this for a lot of people. Lockdown, I think it's making people, you know, a lot of, for a lot of people, you're realizing you're in the house all the time. You're spending loads of time with your other half or or, yeah. or you know, perhaps you were spending a lot of time with your other half and you're doing you know you're doing things in the garden this is i'm I'm just talking about my life now actually but you're doing you're you're in the garden and you're like wait a minute this is this is pretty good you know like i i don't know why i don't take any time to to do this in in real you know in normal life this is yeah it's it's nice yeah i you know the thing i think that you know that's part actually that that is very that rings true to me in a lot of ways because I don't take a lot of time for my personal life. And, you know, my girlfriend is incredibly patient with me considering like, Oh my God, like she's, she's very, very patient with me. Um, but like, you know, in New York, I think that's, that's another thing. It's like in New York, you know, like if you don't have an outdoor space, what do you do? You know, like you, you're, you're, most people don't. Uh, and, and so, you know, in our apartment, um, you know, we we're lucky in that we have, you know, a spare bedroom that we've now converted into a yoga studio because we can't work out. Yeah. Uh, you know, so we got rid of that stuff. So, like, I'm very lucky and fortunate to have just a little bit of space that's not either my bedroom or the living room, um, you know, to kind of hang out in our space because uh, we're not going outside unless I'm coming here. And now I'm like the only one in our studio here. We moved studios recently. So. I managed to work out a way to go door to door without touching anything. Um, <laughs> so, um, you know, I, that's the only sort of out time, outside time I really get. Um, and I, I can only imagine it for like most, most New Yorkers don't have that out, access to outdoor space. So it's really, I think that is probably one of the biggest stressors and that's why people are going out to parks on the weekends when it's nice and maybe being a little bit too loose with, uh, you know, the, the social distancing and, and masks and all those things, because it's the one or two days that they get, mm. where they actually get to leave, mm. you know, leave yeah. the space during the day. So mm. it's, it's hard. Yeah. And like, you know, yeah, it's crazy to think like all the, you know, there's something like, like they're talking about up to a, like a third of, un, or like, yeah something like 30 million unemployed or something like that. Yeah. 30 million unemployed in the U S yeah. What now? Or, or... Worked it. Yeah. Now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like in the first two weeks, it was like 22 million people applied. Mm. Yeah. So people are stuck at home without work. <laughs> That's like, yeah. So I, I, I definitely, I think, you know, I, I feel very lucky for having, having some things to do so that we can keep moving 
you know, and, you know, keep our minds on something positive and like creating, I mean, honestly, like if, if what my job was, was to just do, you know, administration work, it'd be very difficult because like music is, is so important to me and, and how I just feel like if I'm not creating music and if I'm not, uh, you know, experimenting and just like, you know, playing around on the piano for a few hours, like my, uh, my mental health just like takes a massive dive. (laughs) So, Mm. but what's your, uh, what your plans for the next couple of days? Um, well, I'm hoping it's going to be nice and warm this weekend. Uh, you go out uh, to the park with all your friends. No, no, (laughs) I, 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 uh, I, I love, I'm a motorcycle guy Mm. and, uh, I will probably go on a ride with my girlfriend. We did that last weekend. Nice. We uh, we uh, hopped on on the motorcycle and rode around Brooklyn for a while, and and we did go to a park, but it was a park that was a a good bit further away, so there weren't a whole lot of people there. Yeah. Um. And uh, trying to avoid the ones that are too crowded, and and um, you know, she's she's very, you know, she's she's on it as far as like, you know, keeping us safe and and. Uh, being being careful and cautious so we we try to you know try to be as good as we can be with the social distancing all things considered <laughs> when you say she's on it does that mean that you're not that on it <laughs> well no it, no it's just like she's uh, uh i'm in the like, same situation if if if, if yeah. i'm guessing well I, I basically go for we go for walks and i'll just be walking along and then Lizzie will be like get out of the way of that person i'm like oh god okay yeah <laughs> It makes me realize like I just shouldn't go yeah. out on my own. I feel like a I feel like a dog because I'm just like I'm a dog. I'm a dog. This is fine. Yeah. And then she's like, get out of the way. I'm I mean, like, pretty much, yeah. Essentially okay. that, yeah, okay. yeah. Is it okay? I guessed right. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like if 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 it weren't for her, we probably wouldn't have any. Uh, I wouldn't have any like disinfecting wipes. I probably okay. wouldn't have any um uh uh um uh, hand sanitizer. Uh, and I probably would not have known to like be wiping down my like groceries after picking them up. Uh, you know, she's just, she's in general, a much more organized and clean person than I am. So I, I, I take her lead on those things. Mm. <laughs> and so, yeah, I mean, we, when we went out to the park, she was definitely like, that's not six feet. <laughs> <laughs> so keep yeah. keeping me in check, but you know, she, keeping us safe for sure. Yeah. That's so, good. Um, yeah. Okay. It's nice to chat to you, yeah. Jay. Um, yeah, you too, man. Yeah. Um, I hope that I get to meet you again. Yeah. Uh, it, was, it was a it was good great. night when we met each other. That that would never happen now. <laughs> Definitely you not. Know, I was playing a gig and you were there and we went for a drink. Is that in Dalston? That, hmm? Is that in Dalston? I, I don't even Dalston, remember yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, it's Dalston. Yeah. And those yeah. things, you know, things like that, It's that's, the, that's one of the things we're missing, right? It's like chance weird just random nights where you meet someone from somewhere else and you you have you know you have a couple of drinks and that we don't have anything like that now we're just we know what we're gonna do we literally there's no way there's any surprises in our lives at the moment nope. and as a you know as a musician and as an artist as, as artists you're all, you're you generally you're you're given surprises all the time right you got all these surprise happenings but now they've all gone yeah now it's just the same thing <laughs> And that we've been given it. We've been given like a plan from the government, and so yeah. now we know what's going to happen for the next six months, which is uh, which is which is nice. 
but also a bit depressing as well. <laughs> yeah. When you, yeah, no, that's for sure. And honestly, like it's, it's made me think about all the things that I didn't really, you know, cause when you live in New York, you don't take advantage of all the, all the wonderful things that are here. And, uh, I'm like, God damn, I missed out on, I've been like working way too much. I've yeah. been missing out on, on all of life that I could have been enjoying. And now it's not here. Yeah. Like all the restaurants and all the like shows that I could have, you know, gone to see, it would have yeah. been, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Hopefully it'll still be around by the time we're back open. It'll but. still be around. Something oh, will yeah. anyway, or something yeah. new, will, you know, we don't yeah. know, but there'll be something for us to do. There'll be something. Yeah. Um, or we'll have to create it. Yeah. <laughs> nice one, man. Yeah. Yeah. Nice to chat with you, man. Thanks so much to, for, yeah. for chatting with me. I'll end this call now. And, um, but yeah, yeah, it's been great. And, uh, yeah, as I said, I hope to, um, Hope to hope to see you again. You too. All right, man. Stay safe. Goodbye. Bye. Okay. Thanks very much for listening. I was chatting with Jay Wadley, um, amazing composer for film and TV and everything, everything else. Um, You can subscribe. Please subscribe to this channel if you've enjoyed this. There's more of these to come. They come out maybe once once or twice a week. And uh, you can also subscribe on all the podcast platforms, etc., 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 all the places like that. Uh, links probably below uh, for all that. Thanks very much for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye.